My name is James Lovato from Gravebound, and you're listening to Local Locust. Welcome to Local Locust, the podcast where we put the spotlight on local and underground heavy music. My name is Houston, and Jake, unfortunately, is not here. He's away from his computer for a few days, so I'm doing a sort of mini half episode. Interestingly, Jake and I recorded this episode together, but he did not send me his side of the audio, and then he went out of town. So I would normally just wait till he gets back and kind of work on uh, the real finished episode, but we have an interview pre-recorded that I want to get out to you guys as soon as possible. So I'm doing a sort of mini half episode until I can get the real episode, the full, you know, recording out to you guys. So that's why I'm making this sort of pseudo episode to hit you guys with some updates and an interview between myself and a new band called Gravebound, a modern metalcore act out of Richmond, Virginia, uh, that has risen from the asses of a band called Heard by Eyes. Jake and I, on the full version of this episode, introduced two other bands uh, with brand new releases and added one more breakdown of the week to our canon. But we wanted to hit you with the interview while it's still fresh. That's why this episode is called 6.5, not episode 7. Uh, and we'll re-release the same interview from, from this episode in episode 7 alongside the other content I just mentioned. But for now, this is basically just the interview alone. It's a totally Gravebound-oriented episode. Another thing I want to I want to kind of slide in here is this is your last week to go vote in the breakdown bracket. Go to locallocuspod.com. Click on the yellow breakdown bracket button. I think it's over on the right side of the page. And it will just basically take you to a Google form where you can vote on our breakdowns of the week so far and say, you know, which one's going to move on in our single elimination bracket to determine, with your help, what will be the local locus breakdown of the year. Um, and after this week, there will be a new set. So if you haven't already, go to locallocuspod.com, click on the yellow button on the side of the page that says breakdown bracket, and just tell us which breakdown is more badass. Timestamps are in there and everything, so it should be very easy to find. And if you do vote, understand that you're entering your email in and we will not email you with it or anything but what we're going to do is draw one from a hat the winner of each bracket randomly selected will be mailed a free local locus three by three circle sticker back to this episode and its contents like i said gravebound comes from the richmond virginia area they play a nice fresh clean cut contemporary style of modern metalcore that i would recommend to fans of bands like i guess currents Wage War, uh, Fit for a King, you know, that, that type of stuff. Like, really contemporary, um, the, the, the trendy type of metalcore, I guess is what I would call it. Gravebound have just announced their rebranding from Heard by Eyes to Gravebound, uh, as well as an upcoming EP, their debut under the new name, and it will be called Phobia, and it's slated for a release later this summer. Their first release as a band was the single for that EP, it's the title track, Phobia, released June 7th. You can find this catchy and heavy track right now, wherever you listen to music, it's out. Gravebound guitarist James Lovato was kind enough to join me on Local Locus for an interview where he discussed the band's partnership with Pinup Artist Management, um, some of their new music uh, and their direction, what's different, as well as the band's live setup a bit as well. So yeah, a big thank you to him, the kind and knowledgeable James, as well as drummer Johnny for helping me set up the interview. I am ecstatic to be able to introduce to you guys Gravebound. What I'm going to do is play a little bit of the brand new song, Phobia, and transition straight into that interview. If you like this mini episode, you know, you enjoy the interview, you like you like Gravebound, be sure to check them out. But also keep up with Local Locus for the full episode. That interview will be the same in, in episode 7, but Jake and I will bring some more content to kind of augment all this. 
And also keep up with Local Locust for more great interviews and, and other new bands of all different kinds of metal and hardcore persuasions. So yeah, here's James and the rest of Gravebound with Phobia. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up, James? Hey, how's you, how are you guys doing today? Uh, excellent. I am, I'm Houston, um, and normally I have Jake, but he he couldn't make it. He didn't realize it was Memorial Day weekend, so it is just going to be you and me after all. Okay, not a big deal. Okie doke. What you been up to today? I uh, just got back from the gym, really. Um, woke up pretty late, to be honest. I was working uh, pretty late on some content for our release. <laughs> like promo yeah. stuff? Yeah, well, so we have a release plan, um, and I uh, stayed up pretty late working on some videos. So, like a one of the videos that we're gonna that I created was um, just stepping through all the gear that we use for live. So, like our lights, our you know our guitars, our amps, and and stuff like that, and how it all works together. So, so Johnny was also talking about this this rollout plan you guys had. Can you tell me more about what that means? What's going yeah, on? So we are working with the management company. Uh, specifically, okay. um, I think that's going to be announced next week if everything goes well. Okay. Um, and that is with, well, so I imagine by the time this comes out, um, it'll already be announced. But we're working with Jesse Barton with Pinup Management. And he has been instrumental in advising us on a lot of the stuff we do. And he has advised us on coming up with a release plan. So essentially it's a certain amount of time, say, you know, four weeks, eight weeks, 16 weeks, whatever, mm-hmm. um, for the content to be released. And we have all of that content stockpiled beforehand. And then we just release it during that period. Um, just so it's essentially, you know, like at the beginning, we release a single, maybe in the middle, we release a single. And at the end, we oh, release yeah. the whole album. And in between all that, releasing content so that everybody's staying engaged, everybody's staying active, you know, where are you now on that plan? Like, is it, have, has it started yet? Is it about to climax? Like, where are we now? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. Um, so the plan is to start on May 27th, but okay. so that'd be tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, well, as the time of the recording. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're, there's a lot in play and I'm really hoping that we can still meet that deadline. Um, just uh, we have a few pending things on social media that we are waiting for before oh. we can actually go forward with that. But uh, once that uh, goes through, we should be able to start releasing content uh, tomorrow, essentially. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, it's been a, a really stressful and uh, difficult time because we did decide to change the name. So, you know, normally we have to come up with like content for the release but not only that we have to revamp everything right yeah creating new social media pages like a website uh, yeah website rehauling everything rebranding it's just you know all of our merch is kind of null now so it's it's a (laughs) lot of work to be honest and you know we thought it was the best decision for us and 
uh, we're sticking by it, but man, it's been stressful as hell to you know go through all this. In spite of that stress and and you know extra work that that creates on top of the rollout plan you guys have, uh, in spite of all that, why do you think that the name change is, is so important? Is there a sound change? Is it like an aesthetic? Is there a new era for you guys? Um, is there any new members? I'm curious, like, what does this name change symbolize as far as any other changes? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So um, I'm not going to be able to give the best description into the meaning of the name. That's I don't want to butcher that. That's that's okay. Uh, <laughs> he's got the meaning there. Yeah, we definitely thought that Herb Eyes didn't suit us uh, as well as we uh, would like. We think it's going to be easier to brand with that name. Um, we've obviously what comes with this is uh, advice from our management team or our manager uh, Jesse. You know, he's advised us that we might want to, uh, or at least when we started with him. Because um, we've been working with him for like three months now, and it's been on the DL essentially. You know, we haven't announced right. anything yet because he wants to announce us when we have the new name. So you know, it's kind of a new era, I guess I would say. We're just turning a page here. And we want to leave "Heard by Eyes" in kind of in the past because the music is, you know, very outdated, very old. This new stuff we have coming out is very modern, very like relevant. Um, we also think the Herd by Eyes name, like I said before, wasn't very good for branding. Um, and we think Great Bound will suit us a lot better going forward. We are, I mean, besides the jokes, like, you know, seen by ears, <laughs> we, get, we get all the time. I mean, I, I'll make fun of the name as well. Like on top of like, we were just weren't happy with the way it sounded, um, you know, personally, uh, we think it's uh, easier to remember. Grave Bound is pretty straightforward, like Herd by Eyes. There's a lot to it. And it honestly doesn't seem as mature as we like would like it to be, and so we think that Gravebound is a, a bit more mature of a name uh, to to use going forward. Yeah, I, I do see that sense of maturity for sure, and which matches this new era of like professionalism that you guys are kind of aiming for. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna ask what the record is called. Is it an EP? Is it an LP? And I don't know if that's is stuff prefer to have known yet. Um, but can you tell me as much as you would reasonably want to be known? I think next Wednesday. Yeah, so we have six songs on this EP. Um, okay. it's called the album is called Phobia, and our first single is called Phobia. Uh, I mean, it's I think it's about like twenty five minutes or so worth of music. It's honestly, pr- I mean, I always think the most latest stuff I've written and the guys have written is always right the best thing we've always written or the right. best thing we've ever written. But I definitely think this is the best stuff we've read. <laughs> um, it is going to, if you listen to Heard by Eyes and then listen to this, it's going to sound, I don't know, I think it's at least 10 times better. It's so much more mature. It's, you know, we're, we're experimenting with different styles of music. Well, not, we're not, you know, going super drastic like we're doing punk or something like that, but right. we're definitely testing the horizon. This whole EP experience has been what do we sound good with? Like the other stuff was just like, Hey, let's just get music and get into the studio. We don't know what we're doing. And now right. we're actually focusing on wh- where does Jared sound good? Where does, what tunings does he sound good? What, where, what tempo yeah. does he sound good? And like, what can we do with his voice? That's different than what we've done before. Like make him go falsetto or maybe make him do like a yell scream here. You know, we're, we're testing the waters with different types and styles of guitars and tunings. And I think we have one, two, three different tunings on this album. You mentioned trying to find the right place, the right tuning for Jared's voice and all this, which is something I think it's important to do when you're going to have a clean vocalist and have those clean choruses. And I want to say that Johnny, actually, he showed me a, he gave me like a Google Drive link to what he said was the first track on the record. And so I've listened to it once. And I just want to say that I think the vocals 
are a lot more mature. Like the intervals between the notes, I definitely think it sounds like a very mature vocal style. So I think that what you guys are doing to support those that new style of clean melody is really paying off. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not sure um, which song that is because, and I don't know when he gave it to you. I mean, I, I know we just most recently came up with the lineup, but uh, either way, I, I definitely appreciate that feedback. We like this has been a very painful process just even for <laughs> recording because um, we well, it's our fault as well. We weren't completely ready back when we started going into the studio and um, recording the melodies and and getting all this put together with our producer, but you know, in the end. Um, it paid off. Like we spent, we meticulously ripped apart these songs over and over, and we said, you know, this isn't good enough. Like we need to go back to the drawing board on this song. Like we rewrote the entire vocals for a few songs because we said this isn't good enough. So we we definitely took our time and wanted to make sure we got the best product for what you know we could present to our fans. That's amazing. I really respect the ability for somebody to kind of be like, in order to make this thing that we've made work. We would have to break the bones inside it and twist it around and it would just be all wrong anatomically. And I like when you can go back to the drawing board and say, it's not working, let's start over. I respect that because it's, it's a hard decision to make. Yeah, and, and in that for a timeline, you know, we, we're so used to being at, in Heard by Eyes when we're like, okay, we recorded the music, let's drop it all like next week. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, we recorded the music, we go back to the drawing board like six or seven times on each of these songs, whether it's like, oh, I don't like how the, how the guitar is too loud here, or that guitar solo is too loud here, or you know any little nitpicking detail. Right. And then we're just continually over months, over months, just going back and forth and sending new files and just getting it just right. And then on top of that, I'm like, hey, guys, by the way, we got to compile all this content before we release it. So it's been everybody wants to just put the content out there. Everybody is so excited to do that. And, I'm, and it's going to be like a great release when we finally start this. But it's definitely been painful because everybody is so used to being that, oh, we got the content, let's just release it. And that's just not the best for a band. Like If you're going to spend $1,000 or you know any type of money on your recording, it's worth nothing if nobody hears it. And this is wise words uh, that I've gotten from uh, our manager, Jesse. And so if you don't have like a release plan or something to you know, a plan to get it out there to the to as many people as possible, then it's, you might as well have not recorded anything. Yeah, and, and here's another struggle, and there's a lot of things that people don't think about. Music, and especially I think this specific genre, is evolving, constantly evolving. So if you write something a year ago, it might not be relevant anymore. You know, it might it even might be that, tacky. Yeah, it might just, yeah. So you want to be able to write something and release it within a period that it's relevant and people are going to listen to it and be like, Oh, I like this. You know, it's, and sometimes that's, that's a really tough battle and a tough struggle to actually meet. Yeah. I think metalcore is in a really trendy, um, uh, pace right now. So I would definitely agree with that when you, and another trend is the one you mentioned earlier. And this is one I, I've, I say this and people either don't believe me or maybe they just don't care. And I just think it's kind of crazy, but this idea that the drums aren't, you know, people are, are laying, you know, MIDI drums because it sounds so much better. It's, it sounds so much better to just click and drag your drums over one by one than to kind of record you going through it. And I mean, if I were to write and record music, I would definitely use samples. But what do you think are some of the pros and cons of that as far as the process of recording and writing and this and that? Do you think it takes anything away from the drummer? I know you're not the drummer, but how do you yeah, see that so, issue? So Johnny does not. So Johnny definitely has an ego in some areas. <laughs> I'll just say that <laughs> he doesn't have an he doesn't have an ego when it comes to recording drums. He's like, if we're saving money, and I can't tell the difference between fake drums and real drums, I don't care. You know, 
he'll mm-hmm. sit here with me and be like, hey, I want that there. I want that there. So he has input onto what gets placed. But, right. you know, he is on board for saving money wherever we can because it's obviously, you know, there's a lot of money that gets spent doing some of the stuff that we do. Would you say that's the biggest benefit? Yeah, price is definitely one of the biggest <laughs> in time. Price and time. Well, I mean, that, you know, biggest cost for anything is labor, so, um, which is time. So, yeah, definitely think that's one of the biggest benefits. Um, also, I can, I can sit at my house and record, not record, but plug in the drums and right. export them and send them over to Andrew and be like, hey, here you go. And he can change the sounds and use whatever he wants for the drums that I just sent him. And, and they could be in the track in a little as maybe an hour. It's, super easy to do um and i think that's yeah probably one of the most benefits is time and then you know the ease easeability of doing something like that some people i hear a lot of speculation especially from like older people about the death of the drummer because of sampled drums but i think you know it's what the drummer does is conceptualize the drums as well as just play them on the record right so it's like you know whose idea was it to put the triplets in there maybe the guitarist probably the guitarist not gonna lie but you know the drummer is gonna do some of that and they're going to be like, this is how I want my fill this. And they're not hopefully going to write a fill that they can't play live and this and that. And it's just about making it sound better at a price, you know, that, um, you know, the artists can afford to pay in order to get their art out there. So yeah. I, I am personally for it, although I do hear a lot against it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it doesn't even stop there when it comes to drums. Like, you know, we, we don't actually play with the bass player live. Like we have Axe effects, so we don't actually play through tube amps like if it's going to save us time, space, money, or be, you know, some type of automation, like we're on board. We don't want to sit in the past and just, you know, hold ourselves back here. So that's why we go with a lot of these routes. Then where do you draw the line for like, you know, some people draw the line at using those, uh, what do you call it? Automated. Uh, right. Is that the word you used? You know, well, so where do you draw the line? Yeah. Well, well, I don't think there's, I wouldn't say there's a line to be drawn with automation um, as in, you know, if, so there's two things I'm talking about here. One is um, we automate like all of our patch changes live. So I don't have to step on any pedals. So I have my laptop basically control my axe effects and say, okay, you're on a lead channel now or you're on a rhythm channel now. How do you, how do you change it? Do you kind of oh, click so, it with your finger yeah, or is it automatic? No, it's automatic. So Johnny plays with, so <laughs> yeah, Johnny plays with a click. So he's on time with the set on that same uh, laptop. Um, with following the click is all of our patch changes. They're they're in time with him as long as he stays on with the click. Um, huh. And so like that's how we play with backing tracks. Like we're actually implementing implementing automated lights as well. So like you know during a breakdown we might have like strobe <laughs> crazy or something. It sounds to me harder than just like you know what other people would call the real deal. Yeah. No. I mean honestly, it's way more harder to kind of get everything in sync. Well, so. It's a lot harder on the preparation side of things. So mm-hmm. to give you an insight into all the things that we have automated, um, we're just implementing the lights right now. Actually, Johnny's coming over later today, and we're going to work on some of the lights. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, but the lights are patch changes for Kyle and my aspects. Kyle's our other guitarist. You know, and then the backing tracks, um, those are sent to the sound guy so he can mix into our live performance. All mm-hmm. of that is created in a project in a DAW. So like Cubase, Pro Tools, whatever. Right. That has to be created beforehand. I will tell you that alone takes several hours to create. And that is just for a show. You know, So if we get a 25-minute set or a 20-minute set, we have to adjust accordingly. Um, obviously, we mm-hmm. can copy and paste some things here and there. But that, right. yes, setting that up is painful. And um, if you're doing it for the first time, definitely is a big knowledge and skill gap. 
Um, but once it's done, I get on stage, hit spacebar, and it goes. I don't have to do anything live. As long as Johnny stays on time with the click, we're fine. I'm, all I'm going to say is that, you know, you make it sound like all Johnny has to do is stay in time with the click. We stay in time with Johnny, and it's fine. I'm just going to keep saying it. It still sounds like complicated and hard. So, you know, basically a big middle finger to anybody who says that that sort of thing is the automated, <laughs> it's the robots doing it or whatever, you know, yeah, that sounds like it's just a, it's a new era, I think, of live playing. Yeah, so I, I got, I think we get a little kickback every now and then. Some people think that we're a studio band. Some people think that um, we're too digital. But, you know, I, I think that we're just getting with the times, you know. I first saw, I think, Periphery and their rig run down. They're like, oh, yeah, we don't have any pedals. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, let me know more. And so I'm like diving down this route and I'm figuring it out. I'm like, oh, they're doing sending MIDI signals to their Axe effects and then that's triggering all their patch changes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to do this. And so like that was the first step. Like I was like, we're going Axe Effects, we're getting them, and we're doing patch changes because we already played with a click before, and Johnny had you know the click in his head in his headphones playing live, and we had the you know the synth being sent to the sound guy. So the next step was patch changes. You know, Kyle and myself, so we don't have any pedals, and we can just move around like crazy on stage and not have to worry about like you know, our cueing our pedals at certain times and being yeah, stuck yeah. to the floor or having like a pedal break right, and you're like, where in the chain is this broken? Freaking out live. Um, and then we just kind of incrementally added on from there. It's like, okay, once we got patch changes, we're like, okay, let's go with it in your monitoring system. So now we have all custom in ear mixes to our ears. So when we play live, I have the click, Kyle has the click, Jared has the click. We can all hear vocals, drums at our own personal mixes. And then we're like, okay, let's make it even more difficult and add lights in there. <laughs> I blame Johnny for that because that was his idea. But it's you know, all about enhancing our performance. And I think these are things that we might not necessarily have to do because we're not in a touring van right now, but you know, we just like to do it. We like to spend money on cool shit and we like to do fun stuff. And like, yeah, man. Well, the one thing I was going to say was you're talking about how like, it seems like such a simple progression. You were already using the clicker uh, in Johnny's ear. And then it seems like, Oh, we still have the phase shift. I think you called it. I'm not super familiar with that, but you know, that seems like the next natural progression. And then you go to this and then adding lights just seems like a no brainer. And so then it gets me wondering what the next intuitive progression is. I think Honestly, it's pyrotechnics. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think right now I'd like to put a pause because, you know, every show it's like we have something new and it's a little bit of stress on my end to figure out how to connect it all up, especially at a live setting. And it's like, yeah, for well, sure. it's like if something goes wrong, I have to troubleshoot all of it. Um, uh -huh. So uh, seeing that we're also still somewhat of a pretty much a local band, um, not to say that's in, in any negative way, but we're not like branching out and playing like, other shows or other venues to where like this is kind of necessary. Um, right. we, I think we'd like to probably stop at the lights. I mean, we might add more lights on. Right now, we have like static lights that don't pan or tilt. Maybe eventually we'll do something like that, or <laughs> we could throw in a fog machine if we wanted to as well. I guess, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. At that point, it's like <laughs> I don't. I don't want to lie to ourselves. Like we're not. We haven't reached this uh, point of success that I'm happy with yet. And I feel, I mean, yeah, it's great to act like a big band. And yeah, I want to put on a, a great performance for all my fans locally. But at a certain point, it's like, I, it feels like I'm like trying to cover up something. I don't know. It just feels fake to me. Oh, well, I think, I think this is the real problem that you're facing. It's that you get yourself on this release schedule and you know, you're not supposed to be talking about the recordings. You can't let anybody hear this stuff. And you're sitting here all antsy. Like, like I want to give them something. And so you put it into your live show. Yeah, that's there's nothing wrong with it. that. Well, James, thank you very much for coming on Local Locus. I'm very excited for the new Gravebound EP.
Thank you. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, interview myself uh, for the band. We really take this serious and we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Thank you for listening to Local Locust Podcast, the podcast that puts the spotlight on local and underground heavy music. If you've enjoyed the show, keep up with us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Local Locust Pod, Facebook, Local Locust Podcast, and you can get direct links to all those places and more from our website on desktop or mobile, LocalLocustPod.com. If you or someone you know is in a band and you're about to drop new music that you want featured on the podcast, find us on any of our socials or email us at LocalLocustPod at gmail.com. You can reach us at the same email for other inquiries or cheap ad rates. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs>